0: Welcome to the RTI Time Machine. Today's Time Traveler is... John Van Trieste. And the destination... The 1910s. In cities around the world, there are many historic buildings that have fallen into disrepair. Some are remnants of an industry whose time has come to an end. Others are victims of circumstance, places whose occupants just moved on. Cities might choose to condemn these old buildings and turn the land over to other uses. But one complex of buildings in central Taipei shows that there is another way. These buildings demonstrate that not only can old buildings be brought back to life, they can also become centers of art, culture, and tourism. The buildings that make up Huashan 1914 Creative Park weren't put up with visitors in mind. In the 1910s, when the first structures were designed, each one had a practical purpose. This was to be an industrial brewery, set up to supply Taiwan with liquor. And it was by all accounts a successful brewery from the beginning. This brewery was set up by Japanese entrepreneurs around 20 years into Japan's colonial rule over Taiwan. Its first batch of sake made a splash on the market. By late in 1915, the brewing company had gathered together 1.3 million yen in capital. It reorganized itself and moved beyond Japanese drinks like sake, adding local rice wine to its repertoire as well. By its peak, this brewery would employ 400 people. Though the bulk of what's now the park was devoted to brewing, a Japanese company trading in Taiwanese camphor also set up shop here, settling in a complex of buildings to one side. It was a prosperous beginning. During its 50 years under Japanese rule, Taiwan didn't stand still. And the park as we know it today is the result of changes in the way things were run during the 1920s. It was during the 1920s, for instance, that the brewery got an early version of its name, Huashan. Japanese street names came into use, and the street outside was named for Kabayama, Taiwan's first Japanese governor. If you look at the characters in the Japanese name Kabayama and the Chinese name Huashan, you'll notice that they are nearly the same. Most importantly, though, the 1920s also saw the colonial government declare a monopoly on important commodities. Among them were alcohol and camphor. The brewery was finally bought out by the government in 1929, and a wave of construction around this time has given us many of the buildings we still see. The brewery continued to be a major producer of alcohol through the 1920s. And, though under new management, it continued to fill Taiwan's demand for liquor until 1945. That year, with the end of World War II, Japanese rule on Taiwan came to an end. The Republic of China government replaced Japanese rule, but it kept up the alcohol monopoly it had inherited. As it took over the brewery, It chopped off part of the first character in Kabayama's name, giving us the Chinese name Hua Shan that we use today. Of course, the post-war period brought more than just a name change. The brewery now added cassava liquor, fruit liquors, and other new products to its line. New products, new management yet again, but the same monopoly and the same popularity. Things continued on this way for decades, There were signs around that the world was changing. By the 1960s, for instance, chemical substitutes had shuttered the old camphor business. But the closing of the camphor factory next door just gave the brewery more space for storing all its bottles. Still, changing times did eventually catch up with the place. By 1987, as Taiwan transitioned from decades of martial law to democracy, concerns were growing about the brewery's connection to water pollution. It was decided that several breweries, including this one, were to merge together, and their operations moved well outside of the city. With the brewery's closure, the whole site, nearly 20,000 square meters in area, was left abandoned. The brick and cement buildings inside were simply left to fall apart. The place wasn't totally forgotten, of course. In 1992, the legislature toyed with the idea of moving here. But costs and controversies saw those plans scrapped. Aside from a parking lot, not much was planned for the site's future. It was a great wasteland in the middle of the city. The turning point came in 1997, when the complex was rediscovered by a group of artists. Late that year, a performance troupe called the Golden Bough Theatre Group put on a show inside the old rice wine plant. It seemed to the group like a perfect way to put a derelict old place to new use. Maybe through art, it could even be brought to new life. The group had not been invited to perform, though. While the alcohol monopoly had left, this was still state property, and what the artists were doing was trespassing. When word got out, the director of the group was arrested. The arrest, though, set off a big and unexpected discussion about whether the artists might be onto something. The place wasn't being used, after all. By the next year, even some cultural officials had been convinced that the artists had a point. The idea of a cultural park began to gain traction. At first, only some parts of the complex were to be put to cultural uses. But during the park's first phase, from 1999 to 2003, the artists there got a lot of mileage out of the space they had to work with. During those years, there were over 4,000 cultural events held there. They ranged from art exhibitions to performances and classes. Now, after several more projects and changes, the whole site is open to the public, and it's often packed with people. The century-old brewery buildings are now home to trendy shops, bars, coffee shops and restaurants, a cinema, performance spaces and exhibition halls. There's still ivy growing thick over some parts of the walls, and in some places you'll find thick graffiti as well. But there's a sense now that all this is part of the park's appeal. It's artsy and bohemian, and it's very Taipei. Guidebooks to the city now put Huashan Park in the limelight as a tourist attraction. On any day of the week, you'll hear a number of languages being spoken there while there are few signs left of the kinds of day-to-day activities that once took place in the old brewery, signs and plaques still trace out the park's history for visitors. They take visitors back to the brewery's origins a hundred years ago, and they hold up the park as an example of what an abandoned historic site can become with enough creativity. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another Journey Through Time. Idini Kumai to The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International.